what's going on, Brokohanas? It's your boy Jerry, the TR Expert Washington, and I'm here in the basement of General Fitness Company Studios recording episode number 32 of the TR Expert Talks. Now, today, I want to flip the script on you a little bit. You know, normally we go physical aspects and we start talking about the real world life example and go a little mindset on you. Today, I want to switch it up and go a little mindset first and can relate that back to the, uh, the, the, the fitness talks. So uh, the reason why I want to do that is because I've been noticing on uh, social media, all over the social media, people have been talking about this one thing, and that's the immigration situation. Now, um, that, <laughs> that rhyme was not on purpose, but um, I want to talk about it because I, yes, I am a child of an immigrant, and I want to give you a little bit of a, a perspective on like what my family went through as, um, as an immigrant family. You know, my grandpa moved here uh, first in uh, the, the, the early 70s. And then uh, later on, towards the end of uh, uh, the 70s, actually it was the late 60s my grandpa moved here. But anyways, um, my, um, he, uh, he um, ended up sending for my mother in uh, the, the mid to late 70s. And um, we had some interesting times. You know, uh, not we, but my family had some interesting times. I wasn't born until the 80s. But uh, my family had some interesting times. And I just want to share that with you and kind of give you an idea and a perspective of what it's like to be an immigrant family in America. Maybe you are an immigrant family yourself, and maybe your your perspective or your um, upbringing or uh, the way you had the way your life kind of turned out was a little bit different than mine. But I just want to share with you one uh, one perspective from uh, someone you know, because you may not, you may or may have not known that I was a child of an immigrant, or uh, you know that uh, we had a pretty pretty tough life. So. Um, <laughs> I want us to uh, go a little bit back in time in the Jerry's history and into uh, our family's history and give you an idea of uh, what people, what these immigrants are talking about and um, you know, maybe give you an idea of like what, what you're fighting for if you are one of those people that is saying that um, immigrant families shouldn't be separated, which you know, I agree, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Please do not put me in that box thinking that I don't think that um, families should be together, but I definitely need you to understand that there's a different side to this story. To this story, and um, I think that this different side to the story will give you a little bit of perspective into how um, you can actually uh, become stronger in not only your everyday life, or not only the gym, definitely the gym, but also in your everyday life. So, um, without further ado, uh, before, actually before I get into that, uh, the the episode, I just want to real quick for you. Uh, I want to just real quick just uh, let you know that uh, we have a special here now. If you go to uh, generalfitnesscompany.com backslash summer, summer swoon, uh, I have a, uh, a summer deal for you. Actually, you can get uh, personal training sessions. You can get 15. Normally, you can get 15 personal training sessions. That's uh, a... Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, 15 half-hour personal training sessions. Or you can get 15 personal training sessions for $350. Now that is ridiculous because normally uh, you can get eight personal training sessions with me for $420. So I am not only cutting, almost cutting the price in half, but also giving you more on the back end in terms of training. So it's our summer special. It's going on just for a little bit of time. I'm not going to put that out there for too long because that is a ridiculous deal. So um Get out there, check it out. The website, I'm not going to put it up there, not going to have it out there too long. So if you're listening to this podcast in like August or September 2018, I'm sorry, it's probably over. But um, 
Maybe you'll catch me on the next deal. <laughs> yeah, you catch me on the next discounted um, discounted special. But anyways, uh, so yeah, Summer Swoon, check it out. It is uh, just how it sounds, S-U-M-M-E-R-S-W-O-O-N, Summer Swoon. So check it out. Get your um, $350 uh, special here where you can get training. Uh, you get 15 training sessions for $350. Summer Swoon special. Get it. All right, so without further ado, let's get, a, get up in this. We're going to go ahead and uh, start this episode. Episode number 32. What can an immigrant teach you? Lego! All right, here we go. Let's start the show. <laughs> so today we're going to be uh, switching it up a little bit for you. I like to change the formats every once in a while and just kind of experiment, some, experiment with some things, see how it sounds, see how it feels, and um, see if it's something that would be a little bit more of a, a, of a better fit for me. You know, I, I, like, the, I like our normal podcast uh, format, but sometimes it's good to switch it up and see if it, uh, anything might uh, switch, feel a little bit better. You know, something might fit in there into the normal routine that I don't normally do. So, um... This is what we got today. We're going to switch it up, have the mindset and the uh, real world life examples in the beginning of our podcast. And towards the end, we're going to actually apply it back to uh, your, your gym workouts and how you can challenge yourself physically and get stronger uh, uh, in the gym. So, um, yeah, uh, why we want to go mindset and why we want to talk about real world examples in the beginning is because I actually wanted to give you a little bit of a background of who I am as a, not only as a trainer, but as a, as, as a, as a, a United States citizen. Um, you may or may not know this, but I am a child of an immigrant. My mother was uh, born in Jamaica. She, uh, Jamaica, as you know, is officially a third world country. There's only like two cities that are actually good in Jamaica. Well, maybe three. I think there's Ocho Rios, Negril, and um, uh, Montego Bay. But the rest of uh, Jamaica, <laughs> yeah, not so much. In fact, uh, the place that my uh, family's from is called St. Catharines is a pa- parish. And the city is called Spanish Town. And um, if you can imagine what a like a podunk country town in like southwest Missouri looks like, that's pretty much what Spanish Town looks like. You know, you got goats and chickens everywhere. There's not really any uh, any paved roads anywhere. And if they are paved roads, they're paved from like the 1970s. So like everything's broken up, and you know <laughs> it's crazy over there. But uh, I got a chance to go back and visit, and uh, back in the. Uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, and that was a uh, that was an interesting, eye-opening experience. You know, I thought I never really knew how tough my family had it until I got a chance to go back and see like what my family went through and what the like our our my grand great grandmother's house was looked like. And actually, my great grandmother's house was the house that my mom and my grandma lived in. And I gotta tell you, <laughs> I gotta tell you, uh, the uh, the basement that I'm sitting in right now is really not that big, but it's about uh, one and a half times the size of the house that uh, my grandma, my mom, my <laughs> my great grandma, and a few of my aunts lived in. So that gives you an idea. <laughs> we don't know what my basement looks like, but that gives you an idea of how big uh, the place that uh, uh, multiple family members were living in. So um, uh, so we're really starting at the beginning here. So. We ended up coming to Jamaica. Uh, let's actually just let's bring it back a little bit. So my grandfather, um, he uh, shortly after my uh, sh- shortly after my mother was conceived, uh, my grandfather moved off to uh, America, and he found out that you know my my grandmother was pregnant, 
and he wanted to do the right thing and he uh, ended up making his way uh, with a work visa over to America. So yes, he got over to America legally. Um, he worked his, worked his very, very hard. He worked his fingers to the bone uh, as uh, working like two or three jobs. Because you know, he's Jamaican, man. And all Jamaicans, they got lots of jobs, man. <laughs> no, but for real, he did have three jobs. Uh, he was like, uh, he's a... Uh, he worked for the air baggage claim at Delta. Um, he was a prison security guard. And I can't remember what he did during the daytime, but I know he had another job. And I think it was like one of those part-time jobs. Maybe it was just like he was working with the, the uh, community, uh, working with the church. I don't remember what it was, but um, I'll, have to ask some, I'll have to ask somebody in my family again. But I do remember them saying that he had three jobs uh, before my mom came over. So while he was um, working his... Fingers to the bone, my uh, mom and grandma were kind of uh, trying to make things work. My um, mom didn't end up going over to America until she was 14. So, as I was telling you before, my grandfather left shortly after my mom was conceived. So, that left my grandmother with a uh, my mom for 14 years. And my grandmother didn't really have any skills. She was you know, a very God-fearing woman, but she didn't really have any skills when it... Uh, when it came to like actually having a job that would pay uh, a lot of money, you know, and Jamaica obviously is a third world country, so you're not going to get a lot of money anyways. So what they ended up doing uh, for a, a lot of time uh, to make money was um, you know odd jobs around and stuff. But um, uh, the, but the thing that they did consistently was they used to go down to the local fair and try to sell like handmade trinkets, you know, obviously. Those aren't like, you know, really, <laughs> you're not going to make a ton of money with those, especially in a third world country where everybody's got, you know, everybody's kind of doing the same thing. So there'd be some times where um, my mom would tell me that, you know, they would go home and they didn't really have any food. And, you know, they lived in a, as I said, it was a country area. So they had like a communal kitchen, a communal outdoor kitchen in Jamaica. So it was like a bunch of pots around and, you know, people would set them up on the burners. And sometimes on those burners, um, they didn't have anything to eat. They would just kind of boil water and put some seasoning in it so it would smell like they were eating something and they wouldn't be embarrassed. But, you know, there was times that my um, my mom and my grandma just didn't eat. And she said there would be sometimes days at a time where they didn't eat because, you know, they just couldn't, they couldn't afford it. So, and even though they had like chickens and goats around, I don't, I don't you know, I guess they just weren't into that whole like slaughtering, <laughs> slaughtering the animals. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was. I probably, if I was hungry enough, I probably would have figured it out. I, I personally don't deal with that. Like, I, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like dealing with animals like that. But, you know, if I got hungry enough, I might have to cut a chicken's head off. So anyways, um, <laughs> it's true though. I really would. If I, if I push came to shove, I definitely would. But um, that's besides the point. So, um, yeah, so they, you know, um, the, the the point is just that, um, you know, my grandfather, he, you know, he did it the right way, yeah. Even though like my my family was separated, my mom was separated from my grandfather, and you know, as as my grandfather started getting a little bit more money, and you know, he started living a decent, a more decent life. He bought a house, and after he bought a house in America, he ended up um sending for my mom. So at the age of fourteen, as I was saying. Um, my mom moved to America and left my grandma uh, in America for another 10, 15 years. So uh, we're pretty familiar with the separation of families. Obviously, this is, this is a more of a voluntary separation. So it is a different, de definitely a different situation, you know. But um, there's a voluntary separation because my grandfather came to the country legally. My mom came to the country legally. And my grandmother came to the country legally. 
you know, that's obviously not, not necessarily the case for a lot of people or for all, you know, for these people right now. It's not all, it's not a lot of people. It's all the people. That's why the people are getting uh, locked up is because they're coming here illegally and trying to use their kids as pawns to, you know, but anyways, that's, you know, that's, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that because, uh, we're not trying to, uh, create any controversy. So, um, the thing is that though, is like we worked, uh, my family worked really hard. Uh, my grandfather worked hard. Uh, my mother worked hard in school because she understood the value of, you know, what she, of the, the opportunity she had. And my grandmother worked hard because she wanted to go see her, her daughter. You know, my grandmother, after she, my mom left, she ended up going, try, going to school and she worked really hard to, you know, pay her way through school. Fortunately, Jamaica doesn't have like really expensive uh, schooling, but she went through school and then she came to eventually could afford to come to America and she went through nor nursing school and she became a nurse. So like, you know, my dad, my grandfather, he ended up having really, he's good job, saves his money. And, you know, he had, he did pretty well for himself. I'm not going to lie. He put three kids through college and they weren't like regular state schools, you know, it was like, you know, they were private schools that he put them, put them through uh, all three of them. So, um, uh, the unfortunate thing is that my mom came a little bit later. Uh, so like by the time, like my grandfather got settled down, uh, it was actually after my mom would have been, uh, graduated from college. So, uh, she ended up having to join the military. So, um, you know, and that's where my dad, she met my dad and, you know, unfortunately things didn't work out with them. But, um, you know, we, she gained, we gained a lot from that, you know, we gained a lot from that perspective, uh, or she gained a lot from that perspective. And um, as, you know, my sister and I, we were born, uh, we gained another perspective as children of an immigrant. You know, the thing is that my mom was an immigrant and because she was in the military, we kind of were like nomads in a way. And there were some times that we were um, separated from our family. Uh, there was a time where, you know, when my mom and dad were still together, my dad had to get shipped off to school somewhere in like some part of Texas. And my mom, well... Uh, was shipped off to Iraq. She was uh she was fighting in um Operation Desert Desert Storm. So, you know, that's it, the case of, you know, parents and family members getting, you know, getting separated is something that's been happening for for years, you know, <laughs> at least in my family. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Americans I could tell you, you know, that they they're separated from their family members. A lot of immigrants I could tell you that they're separated from them. their family members. There's a lot of you know non-immigrants. There's a lot of everybody from all kinds of backgrounds have had they've had you know sometimes maybe they've been separated from their family and it wasn't something that they, they planned or it wasn't something that they really enjoyed doing. So uh i'm trying to be as unbiased as possible because but i just want you to understand that there is a different perspective out there is that there's um there's an immigrant family that you know and i could i can pretty much speak for all my families that you know um we we look at you know illegal immigrants being a family of immigrants is you know a little different than we look at other people that worked hard to be here and, you know, and that's not to poo-poo people's situations. Obviously, everybody leaves their, you know, their respective place for a reason. Not, not everybody. There's not many people that have it going really good in one place and then decide to just get up and try to start over in another place. That's just not how it works. There's something that's obviously underlying and, the reason, and that's the reason why they're leaving. But I, would, I just have you consider that, you know, um, the really big situation here and the reason why... Um, there's some people, the reason why there's like, you know, a little bit of a disagreement here is that we're pampered, you know, we've had a really lux luxurious life, 
you know, it might not be like, oh, you know, Bentleys and millions of dollars in the bank. But if you really consider, you know, I, I just look back and consider my life in comparison to my grandparents' life. Now, obviously, it's way different because I live in a first world and they live in a third world country. But, um, you know, maybe you can think about your, your life in comparison to your grandparents' life. So, you know, if you think about what your grandparents did back in the days, it was like, you know, it was different than what you did now, what you did now. Like, people have had some, it was a struggle back when your grandparents alive, were alive in comparison to now. And that's why a lot of people are just struggling with this, uh, these situations now that are going on in America. Like, to the most, for the most part, most people would say these are kind of petty things. These are things that you shouldn't be worried about. You know, I was just the other day, I was just, um, <laughs> I was marveling at the fact that someone was um, complaining about how slow their Wi-Fi was or how slow the high-speed internet was. And it's just like, <laughs> like it was not just like, oh, my Wi-Fi is slow. It was like, like it was persistent. It was like something that was kind of going on for a little bit. And I was just like thinking to myself, like, man, like these are the things that we worry about now. You know, like <laughs> I'm thinking like, my family, we were worried about, you know, like, how are we going to put some food in this pot? And they got people now nowadays worried about, like, man, my Wi-Fi is, like, a split second slower than it usually is. Or, you know, <laughs> or my vegetarian my vegetarian pizza um, doesn't have enough vegetables on it or something like that. Or, you know, um, I'm, I'm not eating gluten and uh, you made me some, some banana bread or something. You know what I'm saying? So, like... <laughs> You know, the things that we worry about now are nowhere near the things that we worried 50, 40, even 30 years ago. So um, I just want you to think about that. And it's not that it's not that it's wrong. It's not that it's right. It's just that it's the way the world is. It's the way that society ebbs and flows. It's been happening since the dawn of time. And um, I'm just reminded of this book by uh, this, this uh, really, really smart guy named Will Durant. He's super smart. And he wrote this book called The um, Society and Its Discontents. And essentially what that book is about is how civilizations kind of rise and fall and what is the demise of a lot of civilizations. For the most part, what he's written about, uh, for every fall of every civilization or empire, whatever you want to call them, is they, they all start to turn towards philosophy a lot more than uh, practicality. Uh, you know, so like stoicism is kind of like the uh, apex of... Um, society, you know, if you can be stoic and you can with, withhold uh, pleasure and you can just do what you need to do to help yourself and help your fellow man, then uh, your, your, your society, society is growing. But however, if you're, if, you're, um, if you're constantly having philosophical debates and you're really not going anywhere, you know, like the philosophical debates, unfortunately, are kind of like uh, these things where you are it's it's like what you call mental masturbation it's like you were kind of making yourself feel better about not doing anything not doing anything by complaining about something and that's what a, if you really look at social media and you look how like people's language and behavior is nowadays um it is definitely anti-immigrant not saying anti not against immigrant immigrants but it's like the anti-immigrant philosophy you know like immigrant philosophy is like you know work hard grind it out do what you need to do to make uh, uh make ends meet and make life work and make life a little bit more simple whereas the other whereas if you look nowadays like more people are like compl complicating things you know we have all kinds of like names for everything nowadays um, people get like really flustered and frustrated about, as I was saying, the low speed internet or, you know, there's too many veggies under vegetarian pizza or there's too much soy milk 
and their and their soy milk latte or or you know so it's like um really don't want to sound like I'm complaining but I just want to give you a perspective on how I see things not research but just experience and from what I've seen and you know books that I've read and it would pretty much all outline the same thing and if you look at if you just look at history it kind of repeats itself over and over again it has since the dawn of time and you know every single time when people start philosophizing or when people start spitting philosophy more than practicality then that's the that is the decline of civilization so um we're going to bring this to the uh the physicality now and we'll bring it back because um this kind of really molds right into that it's just like a lot of people want to they want to philosophize. They want to think about, like, you know, if I did this or if I did that. So let's bring it back and kind of give you a little bit of uh, background of who I am. And now we're going to talk about why that background and why that, that hardened stance on, um, on our mindset is uh, so important. Because, uh, you know, I, you know, I would like it. It would be great if, like, life was just like, all right, you know, the hardest thing in the world is you know, <laughs> drinking a, a, a latte that has too much soy milk in it. That would be great. But the thing is that, like, throughout time, the, what happens is once you, once, you're, you're, once your problems start getting smaller, right, once your problems start getting smaller, you start getting softer. And that's just how it is. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. If you have no enemies, you don't need a defense. And if you have no defense, then if anything does come along, you're screwed. So, <laughs> and, and, and inevitably... Things come along. That's just life. That's how it works. That's how it always will work. And it's always how it has worked. Things come along. And if you're not prepared for them mentally or physically, you're screwed. So um, that's, that's kind of like that connection. Is like if you're not constantly challenging yourself, if you're not undergoing an adversity of some sort, uh, obviously bigger than <laughs> too much soy milk in your latte or a slower Wi-Fi, then um, you're gonna really you're gonna atrophy your 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 um, decision making muscles. You're gonna atrophy your your um, stick to itiveness muscles and uh, all those muscles that help you um, thrive, thrive and survive in 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 an environment that may not exactly be one hundred percent friendly. Now, um, obviously, we want environments that are one hundred percent friendly, but you know you can't control that. So the best way to control uh, the w- best way to have control over that is obviously not by trying to control your environment by saying what's right or what's wrong for someone else um, or what's saying what's uh, a moral obligation for someone else because we all know what you know we all have a general sense of what morals are we all have a general sense of what's right and what's wrong um, the only issue is that a lot of people have per- have different perspectives and they see stories from a different uh, perspective so where somebody might see one thing from another one way someone com- might see it completely differently and so um, what I'm really trying to get at here is that like your perspective on someone else's issues definitely has nothing to do with you. So if you're trying to get better or if you're trying to achieve greatness or if you want optimal amount of happiness, or you want the highest potential happiness in your life, then the best thing you can do is A, challenge yourself on a consistent basis and B, be more concerned with your own life than with other people's lives. Unless you are absolutely... 100% happy with your life. So, you know, you got to be 100% ready to take on challenges. So, if you're if you're working out every day and if you're constantly challenging yourself, obviously healthy challenges. I wouldn't say like, you know, go and do some, something stupid like 
you know, quite try to jump on like a, a, a box that you've never even jumped on before, or, you know, try to lift a weight that's 200 pounds heavier than you ever lifted. Like that's just ridiculous. You know, <laughs> that's not a smart move. That is not an ideal situation as one of my clients would say. So um, if you, uh, if you really select the challenges and you consider like how your life is going, if you're looking at your life in a, in a, uh, in a, uh, in a uh, in a in a vacuum almost if you're if you're looking at your life in a vacuum and like only you which you know it's not how life works but if you're looking at like I need to do this for my life and I need to do this uh, to get better you know if you're looking at it from perspective that um you're gonna be more concerned with other people's lives than your own life then you're gonna not be able to live up to your potential because you're gonna be constantly half one foot in and one foot out of your own life you know you're gonna be kind of halfway moving your own life forward as you're trying to like look in 15 other directions and help and trying to you know fix the environment you're in and as uh, Gandhi said you know if you want to change the world what is it if you want to change the world be the change that you want to see in the world right or something like that it was pretty similar to that but uh or be the light that you want to see in the world so it's a matter of you being in a not necessarily um standing on a soapbox and saying, you know, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. But it's more so just uh, as we've learned before and we will continue to learn that it's all about having that, um, setting that example. And, you know, if you're going to prophesize on like, you know, uh, what's good and what's not good and you're going try to try to tell other people, other, uh, try to tell people what's good for them, I think the best way to start is to by showing them like, hey, I'm happy with my life, fiscally, physically, and spiritually. And then people start to understand and people start to listen to what you're talking about. You, you know, um, I kind of got a little off topic here, but I think that's really where you want to, that, at the end of the day, that's really where you want to go. It's not a matter of like, you know, complaining about things in your own life. It's not about complaining about the environment or complaining about uh, what somebody else's like is is uh, what somebody else's life is like. It's really all about you know just making sure your life is good and trying to get to the highest levels possible in your own life, and then having other people follow your example because it's been shown from time and time again scientifically and you know anecdotally and every other way that like the best way to influence people or the best way to live the healthiest and happiest life is to lead by example and everything else everything else is just trying to preach and that never works you know if you're trying to tell people how to do x y and z even this podcast you mean it's kind of it's kind of you know i'm saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek because at the end of the day that's what I want to talk to you today. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today. I really wanted to see, uh, give a little perspective and like, you know, that things have been worse. It could be a lot worse. And that a lot of the things that you may be complaining about, maybe it's not immigration, but a lot of the things that you may be complaining about are really in all, pers- in all actuality. Wow, what a um, what an episode, huh? <laughs> Went on a little bit on that one. I just want to really emphasize the fact that um, you know um, everybody does have a different perspective. And I'm not saying my perspective is right or it's wrong or you know that you should listen listen 100% to me because I am uh, a child of an immigrant. But I do offer you a perspective that kind of gives you um, an insight into what it's like to really be challenged on a consistent basis. You know, for me personally, I don't really know any other gear 
besides like going hard, you know, you know, sometimes I can just kind of crash and I have my times where I'm just like kind of checked out, but that's like any human nature. But for the most part, I understand what it's like to be, uh, you know, working really hard. I've seen what my, my mother and my grandmother went through and, um, my, my grandfather as well. And I really see that it's, it's important to truly challenge yourself and push yourself and not be so worried about like, you know, little things that don't go right. Because um, if you're doing the right thing, it's always the right thing. So uh, I'm really proud of my grandparents for doing it the right way for coming into the country uh, the way they should have. And, you know, it sucks that they, you know, they could have probably not had as much trouble if they kind of, if they, you know, walked in and just paid their taxes, like, you know, any, like some of these immigrants nowadays, and it really didn't report anything. But, <sighs> You know, we, that's the hand we were dealt, and that's just how it is. And I'm, like I said, I'm just really proud of the fact that we did it the right way. So um, uh, that's what we got for today. That's, uh, I really appreciate you listening. This has really uh, been an, uh, hopefully an eye-opening experience for you. I actually um, kind of going down memory lane is just it gave me a little perspective on what, <laughs> what my family's been through, and I'm actually wanting to go and do a little bit more work now and go work out a little bit harder. Because I'm like, oh man, that's true. That's uh, I forgot about that. They were talking about they were eating like seasoned soup, you know, like no chicken, no nothing, just thyme and nutmeg in a in a in a boiling pot, and they drank that to make people think that they were actually eating something, you know, because they didn't want to be embarrassed. So like, think about that. My family's in a third world country, and we were the poor family in a third world country, and um, it's kind of cool. I I feel really cool about that because now I'm immigrant immigrant son, and uh. I'm running my own business out here in uh, one of the most affluent neighborhoods in the uh, state, if not the country. So uh, that's what I got for you today. I really appreciate you listening. Hey, you know what? And if you enjoyed this episode, I really appreciate you. You know, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review or a rating on iTunes or wherever you're consuming this content. As I was saying uh, yesterday, Google Play has now opened up something called Google Podcast. Which is kind of like how iTunes has it. iTunes has the music section, iTunes music, and then they have like the podcast section. So Google's just kind of biting the style. But you know, um, if you're listening to me now on Google Play, you know, just prepare, get prepared for the switch because Google, um, Google Podcast is coming up real soon, and you're gonna find us there. So um, yeah, leave a rating, leave a review. If you don't have time to leave a rating or review, just tell a friend about this. Tell a friend, tell a family member. Tell a foe. <laughs> and you know who that foe is. That's our boy Bob that doesn't know anything. Yup, Bob could be anybody. You may not know a guy named Bob personally, but there's always a Bob in everybody's life. He might be a family member, an estranged friend. He might be, uh, shoot, he might be somebody down the street that walks his dog at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Bob, why are you walking your dog at 1 o'clock in the morning? Your dog needs some vitamin D. Come on, dude. Anyways, <laughs> that, just, you know, share this uh, episode with some friends, share it with family, because um, you never know who you could help. You know, knowledge is power, and you never know who we can give the, that power to uh, get to that next level with this podcast, you know? You know, you never know who you could help get to the next level with this podcast. You know, it might be somebody that you, you wouldn't even think. It's just right on, the, right on the brink of getting to that next level, and they just need just like that one... They just need like one little bit of motivation, uh, one one or two words that'll just click right in their in their mind, and boom, they're taking off. Now, um, if that happens and they become like a billionaire, guess what? You're like their consultant because you told them about this podcast that got up to the next level. Just remind them, like, hey, 
Remember when I put you on to that TR expert talk? You know, um, Bob or Susan or, or Mike or Sally, you know, whoever your, whoever your Bob or family member or friend is, you know, just remind them that, hey, you put them on there and, uh, you know, they, they're, they're succeeding because they listen to this podcast. So um, tell them to take you under their wing and um, bring you along, give you a couple million dollars to be their consultant and uh, you're living a good life. And it's all because you listen to this podcast. <laughs> No, but for real though, I really appreciate you listening to this podcast in its entirety, and I hope that we talk real soon, alright? Thanks for listening, and as always, keep good company.